Hello and welcome to Dungeon Jedi Masters, a podcast discussing everything Star Wars 5e. My name is Todd, I've got Tegan here, and we're looking forward to jumping into hyperspace with you. Let's go! Hello, everyone, and welcome to Dungeon Jedi Masters Podcast, Season 4, Episode 1. Tegan, Happy New Year. How are you doing? Happy New Year. Uh, pretty excited. 2023 is pretty stacked with Star Wars content, so I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, between all the shows, uh, the Survivor uh, game, uh, there's going to be a lot out. Yeah, and I believe, uh, so we're recording this on the 6th. This will be airing on the 10th of January, but uh, Bad Batch came out this past week, right? I haven't I haven't caught up, but I think it first episode. I, I haven't caught up either. I can't come by surprise. So, I yeah, do believe the first episode dropped, I think. So um if not, well, then maybe it'll be out soon. But I thought it I thought I saw that it came out. So yeah, I mean, as you said, lots of great stuff out there and uh, inspiration for our games. Welcome everyone. Uh super excited to be back with you on the podcast for another year. So wild that it's our fourth year doing this. But yeah, so we're excited about a lot of things we're doing this year. We talked about that in our last episode at the end of last year. Uh, and we're going to touch on that today. And, and today we didn't really have anything planned. So we're just going to have a little bit of a free form chat, talk about some things going on uh, and related to Star Wars 5e. So, but first, of course, be sure to check us out, dungeonjedimasters.com, for access to all of our content, including this podcast, our YouTube channel for VODs of actual plays, uh, tutorial videos on content, things like that. Instagram and Twitter, touch on Instagram a little bit more later, but best ways to contact us for updates, things like that. Twitch, which Tegan will touch on here in a moment as well. And then our Patreon, the best way to support what we do, the content we create is through Patreon. We have a good slew of new members since the last time we checked in. So a shout out to them at tier two, we have uh, Steaks, Chiza95, Emilio, Jonathan, Alex and finally Kaylin at tier two and Kaylin took advantage of that year discount there. And Tegan, uh, tell us about our tier three members. Yeah, so a big shout out to our tier three. Uh, we've got Danny and Connor, uh, especially uh, you guys will be able to get the adventures earlier, any of our Patreon releases early. And uh, if you're interested, hit us up for the PVP too. I think uh, Todd has some more space in his. Yeah, yep, definitely could take on another player or two for that play-by-post game uh, if you're interested in that. So check that out. As Tegan mentioned, uh, you know, access to our Patreon content at both those tiers at Tier 3 gets it a little bit earlier. And uh, we're going to touch on that here a little bit as well. Our latest release, uh, so we talked about last episode uh, at the end of last year, that we're breaking up the year in quarters. And so each quarter will focus around one locale landscape and the first one was our cityscape hex map so a little bit of like an urban hex crawl uh, so we put together a little map there this one has uh, 10 different sectors in it 10 tiles and um, lots of great content within that uh, tegan tell us a little bit about some of that content that comes along with this module Definitely. So uh, first, we've got the map itself, which kind of breaks out the city into various hexes uh, with different districts where your players can go around and kind of explore the city they uh, they're within. And the nice thing too is we kept the the city and the lore pretty generic. So if you wanted to make a Coruscant, you could, or if you wanted to make a Corellia, or even your own city-based planet uh, or area that you'd want to utilize it for, or even put all four of the ones we're going to create on one planet with just different areas of the planet. Uh, it's kind of up to you on that side. So we gave that uh, to the DMs 
discretion. Uh, we've got those, uh, and once you kind of look at the map, we have different plot hooks that go along with the different sectors. So if you are players into a sector and you want to throw something at them or get kind of the creative juices going as you're building out uh, your own ideas for an adventure, uh, you could roll the D4 for each section and come up with a different idea to entice the players and get them moving. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, lots of great content within that. And, you know, hopefully it's just really a jumping off point. Uh, we hope that this is, you know, mostly used for inspiration for your table to get in there and let your players explore and, and see what comes out of that. So uh, that will be available with this podcast for all tier two members as well. Tier three has already seen that. Uh, so check that out on our Patreon. And also want to mention that uh, as we do try to do like weekly uh, releases little little pieces on our Instagram account, so NPCs, items, etc. Uh, those are going to be tied to these locales. So this first quarter, the first three months of the year, are all going to be related to this cityscape hex map. Uh, so just little things that'll further tie into that and, and just further flesh out some of the potential that you can do with this option. Uh, and then just a heads up as what's coming up too with this. Uh, so next month we'll have an adventure that we'll put together for the uh, cityscape. And then the third month is going to be a community suggested adventure as well. So you all are gonna have uh, the ability to put uh, input together and provide us with the suggestions on that adventure. Uh, Tegan, tell us about, and we talked about this a little bit last time too. So we have three different things initially that we're doing for community engagement, a really big thing we're pushing this year uh, between Patreon adventures. Uh, we have the Ask DJM podcast we want to do, and then the On the Spot one shots. Uh, remind us about that uh, and how the community can get involved there. Definitely. So a couple big ways, and we really want to kind of hear from you guys what you want to bring to your tables. Uh, with the Patreon adventure, uh, the cool thing is uh, it's going to be set within the locale that we're running. So for this quarter, we'll be in the cityscape. Uh, you can propose your, your own adventure that would fit within a cityscape uh, that we'll build out for you and then give to the, the Patreon community as a whole. So this is kind of a cool way to, uh, to get involved. And if you had a city-based adventure that you've been kind of tinkering with or thinking about, but just haven't really been able to flesh out all the way, this could be a good chance to put your name in the rink and see if we can fill it out for you and bring something fun you can bring back to you and your crew. So definitely uh, check us out on that side for the Patreon adventures. Uh, but along with that, uh, we're doing uh, Ask DJM. Uh, I know on the Discord, we see a lot of questions coming in from uh, various people on both our Discord as well as uh, a ton on the regular Star Wars 5e Discord. If you do have something about like a scenario that may have come up, uh, especially like a table moment where there may have been either some conflict or some questions that have arisen and rules may not be crystal clear and how it's resolved, uh, shoot those over to us. We'd love to take a look at them and see if we can kind of help out and provide at least a different perspective on how you could run that and uh, hopefully uh, bring some uh, unity or cohesiveness to your table. Yeah, and with that, you know, it doesn't have to be specific to the mechanics of Star Wars 5e. Uh, it can be about rulings, absolutely. But also, I think even expanding on that and saying, like, how would you do this? How would you do that? Um, you know, I think even more so, we'd love to hear stuff like that so we can help, uh, you know, as as Tegan and I being fellow DMs, how we would look at that situation and, and manage that. So, yeah, I look forward to, you know, all the different suggestions in that so we can build that out into a future podcast episode. For sure. 
Uh, and this one, uh, the next one I'm pretty excited about. I think this will be fun, uh, but we're going to be doing on-the-spot uh, adventures. And basically what that is, we're going to have a form that you can put in and put ideas into. Uh, and then Todd and I, during the course of a podcast, we'll build out like kind of a quick outline of an adventure that you could run using uh, the suggestions or ideas that you guys have given us. Uh, so definitely, uh, we're going to put a link to that form, but go through, pull some cr- uh, fun ideas, uh, just so we can kind of bounce off and kind of see a little bit of a peek into our creative process and give you guys some cool ideas for things you can run with your crew too. Absolutely. That's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, that's going to be a, another uh, podcast episode we're aiming to do. So that can be, you know, really off the wall, throw some random ideas at us. Uh, we'll see if we can set the form up to kind of help guide some of that input, but for the most part, just provide whatever. And then, yeah, we're going to get on the episode on the podcast, go live and just put together that adventure and and see how that turns out. I think that'll be a lot of fun. So uh, in the link or in the show notes of this episode, I'll have a link to a form. We're going to put all these in one form. So you're going to go to one uh, form and there'll be a section for each of these things, the Patreon adventure suggestions, the ask DJM questions, and then the on the spot one shot suggestions. So you don't have to do all of them, just whatever you want. You can come back to it and fill in new responses and things like that, but it'll all be in one form. Check that out. We'll also, you know, link to it on Twitter and otherwise to have access to that. And yeah, pour those suggestions in. We definitely are looking forward to seeing what you have to provide. Tegan, Twitch, let's touch on that again. I believe you have a game tonight. Definitely. So tonight we'll be playing uh, Stranded. Uh, we're run by Keith. Uh, check out his uh, DJM interview a little while back. Uh, but we're going to be diving into it. It'll be the first one since the holidays. So it's been a little bit of a month off. But uh, we had just uh, taken over facility, uh, found our own ship. Uh, so uh, looking forward to see kind of what happens next with that. So tune in with us. Those ones are always some fun hijinks. So check us out there. Uh, and then definitely uh, join too for the, the week after the other Tuesday uh, on my channel uh, for Invasion. Um, we've just finished uh, Adventure 4. So if you're one of our patrons, uh, you could go. Uh, we've just completed the fourth uh, Patreon adventure with uh, the Senate Trials. Uh, we're going to do a little bit of a, I think probably a little side quest. Uh, and then we're going to be starting uh, the finale Patreon adventure too. So if you've picked those up and want to see how they look played out, uh, come watch us and hang out with us on Star Wars Tuesdays uh, during Invasion. Definitely join for stranded too uh you can reach that uh every usually either 6 30 or 7 p.m eastern time uh every tuesday on my channel tegan j gaming at twitch so come through hang out and get to see some star wars 5e played out absolutely always a good time over there with that so i believe that's everything on the front end don't think there's been any new star wars 5e content yet i know it's the new year so everyone's still kind of getting up to speed so we'll keep an eye out for that if there's any development Uh, But otherwise, as I mentioned earlier, uh, we're just going to have a freeform chat. You know, I always enjoy just doing a DM chat, as we call them, uh, Tegan. And there was a question on the Discord. So a little unofficial Ask the DJM episode, if you will, as well, kind of touch on some basically the the main subject uh, or or the nature of the question there as well. But um, Tegan, I thought I'd throw it to you first to get us started. Just in the last, you know, think about the last little bit with with Invasion or Stranded. Has there been anything that's kind of stood out that, um, you know, maybe a lesson learned or something uh, that you just have found good value from recently? Recent lesson learned on that one. 
And this is like kind of not a brand new lesson, but uh, last uh, episode of Invasion was a pretty cool RP episode. They're kind of wrapping up in front of the Senate. Uh, but it's one of those ones that players can always, uh, even in sessions where you don't think there's too much of a surprise to be had, but players can always come through and surprise you. Uh, and this kind of the, the collaborative nature of how everything works. Uh, I don't want to give any spoilers in case anybody's behind because we haven't put that one up on YouTube yet. Uh, but one of the players had a suggestion I didn't expect. Uh, and he was able to, I was both a, a funny suggestion, but also kind of fit really well within some of the story elements. Uh, and it just really kind of uh, is one that I didn't see coming, hadn't even planned for. Uh, but it also is just one of those ones that after they did it, I feel like it opens up a whole bunch of story opportunities. Uh, so the kind of lesson learned is just expect the unexpected. But if your players give you something, sometimes it can be a really cool way to open up story beats you didn't even think of or kind of things that could come and give you some uh, your own, give you your own form of inspiration to begin plotting out the, the rest of the campaign. Absolutely. Uh, that actually leads into, you know, a little bit more of the, the specific subject perfectly here in a moment. But um, first, I want to touch on that as a player and a GM, but as a GM, Tegan, in those moments, um, how do you, you know, what's been your experience to manage that? I think for some GMs, maybe that can catch you off guard and, and you know, what is your methods or whatever to try and make sure that you can manage that and deal with it and make sure that you're not just shutting it down um, simply because you maybe have been unprepared? Definitely. And, and it kind of like, and I want to say like, there's two different categories for it. Cause sometimes like, uh, like this one was like, it was both a funny suggestion, but it was also like kind of a narratively made sense. And it was uh impactful decision. And those ones like try to roll with them as much as you can. Uh, I know a lot of DMs, like they like to have everything kind of noted out and planned. Uh, it, it, it takes, it's a skill. It takes years of getting used to, but try to flow with those and kind of bounce back and kind of keep everybody uh kind of moving with that same momentum. Uh, Cause those, like, especially once you get more comfortable in the DMs chair, I think those moments are like, magic like it's, it's, it's exciting you didn't expect it it gives you and you're kind of you're thinking of ideas as they're coming at you too uh so i think once you kind of get rid of like the anxiousness for those ones you're gonna love them uh but sometimes players will just like have suggestions just to be silly uh and sometimes depending on the tone of your game or what's going on like uh you, you always want to kind of roll with the players but sometimes it's all right to like just to kind of like say that, that's not in the spirit of what we're going for yeah, yeah, I think that's absolutely appropriate um, to do so. And, uh, you know, there's probably different ways you can approach that as well. Uh, you know, maybe it's fine to just say, as you said, no, that doesn't really fit here. Or maybe there's another way you kind of work around that. I think it's also, you know, ask questions in those moments as a GM, if, if you kind of feel yourself getting caught up, you know, and also maybe just ask for a moment. I think, uh, you know, say, Hey, that's an awesome idea. Give me two seconds to just process how you know we can go forward with that. I, I don't think that any table would have an issue with that moment for you as the GM to, to process and figure out, all right, how do we do this? Because I think it's fantastic if you can react on your toes and deal with that. But you know, that's a skill and something that I think you know people have to learn and, and whatnot. And and it's fine that if you don't have that, so just ask for that moment to to look at that. Yeah, I think that's great. On the player side any input there any suggestions there on you know i think one suggestion pay attention to the tone of the game right you know don't offer some zany off the wall thing uh just for a laugh or whatever definitely make sure like in the one uh, example that you're giving uh it was very narratively appropriate maybe a little off the wall but it was still narratively appropriate and it worked out to be a great moment that's fine right but don't just do something wild for the sake of it you know i think that that can be a little frustrating um especially when it's 
something on the spot that the GM has to deal with. But as a player, you know, any any other input to the player of maybe kind of thinking outside the box and and um, coming up with different things to do. Definitely. And I think kind of like uh, leaning into the plot is like the best way to do it. Uh, if you can like lean in and kind of think of like how your character would react to certain plot points. Uh, and then like, uh, especially kind of on the RP side, when you get kind of comfortable RP and finding different ways that your player may, or your your character would interact with that and just bringing that in and kind of authentically playing your character will, it will surprise your DM. Cause even if your DM has like a good, thought of how they think your character is. Uh, there's probably something they didn't consider in that moment or that aspect, uh, and they could kind of surprise the DM and table, but as long as I think that you're playing your character like truly, uh, it will be fun and like hopefully add something to the story that people just didn't expect. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's always, I as well enjoy those out of the box ideas that players can bring and, and you know, because that helps the GM grow as well. You know, if we get challenged as GMs, you know, we have to find solutions to that. And so that helps. There's, it works both ways. You know, the GMs hopefully are challenging the players to improve and vice versa. So yeah, absolutely. I think that's fantastic. Um, I think well, one last thing I would add yeah. to for the GMs before we move on there. Um, GMs ask your players a question when they say something completely off the wall to you, like to try to like, I think Todd, you mentioned it a second ago too, but try to like dig into it. Cause sometimes it may sound off the wall to you, but they just had a completely like uh, like a non-malicious, but just uh, a wrong uh, kind of a perspective on what's going on, because a lot of this is theater in the mind and their heads. Uh, so kind of getting that last question in will give you first some time to think while they're thinking, uh, and then also get you more clarity on exactly what they want. And sometimes it may not be just as bonkers as you first thought. Yeah, that's a great point. Absolutely. Always, you know, open communication, ask questions uh, both ways, players as well, you know, but yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I was going to transition into kind of what made me think about this episode as well. But um, you know, there's essentially a question on uh, the Discord that was, "Hey, my player, he sometimes kind of, uh, you know, does these these zany suggestions here and there, and I don't want to steamroll their fun." Which you know, of course, I get. You know, what's the best way to handle this? And uh, you know, I think what the GM did in that situation was fine. Um, you know, and, and there were some other good suggestions by other players and whatnot, other GMs uh, there. And my final input on the situation was was the concept of yes and no but uh, in GMing, right? So player asks for something and yes, yes and you can do something or yes but uh, there's, a, there's a caveat, right? Or can I do this? No, but, you know, there's this situation, things like that. So I think those are concepts that you know, are hard to use, especially as we talked about in the moment. But if it's something you really work at, I think that can bring a lot of value to dealing with those situations. 100%. And yeah, because a lot of times, uh, and cause, yeah, you don't want to steamroll their fun, but you do want to kind of have a game that you're interested in running. And sometimes if it gets, because I think D&D always kind of like, or uh, tabletop RPGs, I should say, just kind of skew towards uh, Monty Python a little bit if there's not like some steerage towards the tone. Uh, so it's definitely one of those ones like the DM, like kind of like have like their hand on the till a little bit, kind of pull them back towards the tone, but you definitely still want to make sure it's a game people came to have fun. So it, it's a really, it's a hard balance to find. And sometimes you just have to come through and have a conversation with your players on it, but it's one that you have to to kind of go back and forth with a little bit and try to make sure you're keeping the fun alive while still keeping a game that you want to run. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's obviously the name of game there. Um, and it's 
a little related, you know, on the subject of, you know, yes and no, but, uh, et cetera. But another thing that um, came up for me was, uh, and I was running a different game the other night, thinking about uh, failing forward, I think is another uh, concept that, you know, maybe it's tough to grasp at times. We all want to roll dice. That's the name of the game. We have these wonderful shiny math rocks and we want to hear them click and clack. But rolling dice isn't necessarily appropriate at all, all times. And I think that's a, a hard lesson for some GMs. Okay, I want to I pick this lock on the door, right? You may be an expert you know, thief and be able to break in there and there's no reason. Or if you're going to make a roll, you've got to make sure that there's consequences, right? If they fail, what happens? Do they have to get past that door to move on? If you set that up where that's a hard stop in the path of the game, like then there shouldn't have been a roll there. So, you know, I was thinking about that, like what can be, uh, so maybe they roll really low, right? What happens? All right. Maybe their tools break or maybe they still get through that door, but it costs, it costs them resources. You get through the door, but your tools break. So you lost a resource or you got through the lock, but it was really, really loud. Now people know you're here, or this is just going to take a long time. You spent, you know, a half hour working on this lock and you you lost valuable time. So there's ways that even though there's a low roll, what are the consequences to that? Uh, Tegan, how have you utilized that sort of stuff in your games? Definitely. One of the big things I'll say too, um, especially when it comes to like a main request and main content, um, don't put your main content behind a roll uh, because if they don't have the role, uh, either like it, it just it, it's always better like to put optional content like uh, rewards, optional encounters, um, the secondary objective. If you want to put that behind a role, that's perfectly fine. Uh, but things that need to progress the story, it's just better to have a way to uh, or mo- tons of different options to get through it if there is a role. Because uh, if they they fail that role, the user have to just give it to them, which may not always be as narratively satisfying, or they just get locked out of the story, which you have to scramble and they have to scramble, which is not fun for anybody. So don't put main content behind it. Optional content, especially like rewards, enhanced items, gear, definitely fine to put behind a a role. Uh, But otherwise I would just kind of keep it out of that. Uh, that, That's one of the big pieces, but yeah, failing forward, uh, definitely usually like don't have it, depending on the situation, I I, I definitely agree. You shouldn't have like a a role shouldn't stop things usually. Uh, Now, if if like, uh, especially like with, I see this happen a lot too with uh, persuasion roles uh, where people are, I say charisma roles in general, uh, where people will have like the role just kind of stop the conversation if they fail that persuasion role or fail that intimidation role. Uh, I think there's gonna be a lot of good RP that can come out of those types of things. Uh, But it doesn't have to be like, sometimes people think, People interpret fail forward as like they still get what they want, but fail forward is just keeping the story moving, keeping the conversation going. Uh, so I think, yeah, just kind of, especially when it comes to those roles or even like the locked door or different situations, just find ways to keep the players moving or moving on to a different objective. Absolutely. Yeah. Things should always be moving forward. I think that's a great way to talk about it. You should always be moving, um, progressing towards something, uh, plot point, et cetera. And um, yeah, I, I think the, the conversational social skills, I think there's a lot of challenging around that, right? Like I roll, I roll persuasion with this uh, town guard. Oh, nat 20, you automatically get something. No, not necessarily. Even on a nat 20, like you gave a good argument and, and whatever, but that person still, you know, has their own will to free will to, you know, whatever you just made a convincing argument and otherwise. So, um, you know, that's, I think, I think, you know, I don't know where it started, where it came from that, that, you know, I'd call it maybe like just a bad habit that, that people at the table feel 
a high role automatically means success and it's not necessarily you know especially in those social skills i think definitely a high role is just the best possible outcome that could happen in that scenario but because yeah, I, I always tell players that when they kind of give not get kind of like peeved on that side like put yourself in the role of the guard like you we all have day jobs like uh somebody even if they have a really convincing argument but you knew you couldn't do it you're not gonna do it you're not gonna risk your job for somebody you just met uh so just gotta put yourself in the like position of like the npcs you're talking to or what's going on uh because that time we usually give you a lot of like clarity in what could happen even with like a silver tongue coming by Absolutely. Yeah. And I think touching on, you know, kind of the cost of advancement, uh, kind of calling it there, you know, in that fail forward situation, uh, you rolled really, really well with that guard, right? And he's still not going to let you buy because that's his job. But maybe he hints on that, all right, you know, maybe for a bribe or, or come back later, you know, maybe you get hints to, you know, still getting what you want, you know, you're not going to directly get what you want on the spot. But, you know, with that, you know, good persuasion there in this example, you know, he, he lets you in on something like that. So that'd be a way to utilize that. hundred uh, percent. Uh, especially if somebody likes you, you had a good argument that's a day, they may give you some different way. Like if you're trying to get into them, like, Oh, maybe you can talk to so-and-so and they can get you a permit or whatever you're doing. The guard is, they may give you a reference or some way to get your objective uh, without kind of jeopardizing themselves. Uh, and one thing I'll say with kind of the consequences too, uh, especially, and I think, uh, and you mentioned this is one of the ones, but I think time is a really good tool for DMs. Uh, I don't see a lot of people utilizing it. Uh, time is like the best way to get objectives out for your players and have them go at it like a certain, like a, in the more organized way. Because a lot of times uh, it gets rid of the uh, one minute adventure day where they have one fight, they want to rest. Uh, it keeps them on their toes. And especially it gives you the option when they do fail that lock picking role uh, to say, oh no, you got through, but you had 30 minutes within here. If that takes about 10 minutes of yours to break in, uh, you guys have 20 minutes left. What are you going to do? Uh, so it just gives you more tools to wrap up the tension without really having to do too much extra. Absolutely. Time is, is such a great uh, elements to utilize. I think as best as you can present the time for the task, et cetera, you know, as early as possible, you know, don't come in there halfway through, be like, oh, by the way, you only have 10 minutes left, you know, like, where did that come from? Um, you know, as best as you can kind of present that there is this time limit to what's going on. Uh, either present to the players or at least know yourself, have it um, in notes, what is going to happen when that time runs out. Uh, the big bad shows up, or there's a flood, whatever. Make sure you know what's going to happen when the time happens. Um, but yeah, definitely telegraph that to your players, uh, the time and things like that. That's fantastic. Um, actually, uh, on that topic, I was running a session of Mothership last night, uh, but this module utilizes an actual live timer in it. It's one of the greatest little elements there. And this is something I think you could utilize in, in 5e, absolutely. You know, if they're kind of doing like a dungeon type thing, throw a timer up and say, you all have one hour and it's real time. Tell you what, it keeps things going. It's super fun when players see that timer tick down. And, um, you know, if you feel that you need to pause the timer because there's too much out of character happening, you know, legitimately, that's fine. But it's it's pretty cool what a feature like that, a mechanic like that can do for a situation in that regard. That's really cool. I've never done a live timer. I've always wanted to try that out, but and it probably, probably is really good on keeping the out of character content or like talk to a real minimum too, if people can see that time ticking away. So another bonus there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we definitely had discussions, discussions that weren't relevant to the situation, right? There was definitely out of character content or 
out of character conversation, but it was all related to the task at hand. And then, yeah, it was just, all right, well, should we do this? Should we do this? Take a peek at the timer. Okay. Well, we should probably carry on. Right. And it forces, you know, it forces the players to move forward a little bit. I think as a GM, it's nice because then it pushes them towards, you know, whatever you might be setting up, creates that sense of urgency. Um, yeah, I think it's a great tool to try and utilize here and there. I definitely had my, uh, had some qualms about it, but when I did that, when I put that timer up, I remember the players' faces just like, oh shit, this is real. And it was, it was such a cool moment. So yeah. Yeah, that seems like I have to try that out sometime. And for any like DM, especially with Star Wars 5e, if you're kind of worried about the time, especially if you get into combat, uh, the nice thing with combat is like they define time really strictly by the rounds. So you could even if you have a live timer, pause it when combat starts, minus out how many rounds times six uh, that you went and you can pick the timer right back up when they get out of combat. So uh, you could definitely apply that to this system pretty easy too. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, maybe we'll maybe we'll work a timer into an upcoming adventure here. Uh, I think that'd be cool. Maybe something like a you know a heist or a a breakout, something like that. You know, you have to you have to escape the crashing starship before the time runs out. Well, that'll be fun for sure. Uh, Tegan, kind of wrapping up here towards the end of the episode. Anything else that's kind of come to mind, uh, GM wise, Star Wars Five E wise, that you've just thought of uh, over the past month or so? Definitely. So one of the things, uh, and this is just going to been something I've been doing a lot lately, but try playing different systems and using what they've kind of what they bring uh, to the table. Um, I was just uh, I've been reading uh, a lot of some of the recent news about Five E. I've been kind of on a Pathfinder streak a little bit. I've been reading a lot of Pathfinder, uh, and there's just so many cool things they do there that would be definitely applicable to Star Wars Five E. Uh, so just uh, really probably the biggest advice: look at different systems. You don't have to play them, but take take a read uh, and see what you can use for your game. Uh, especially with some of the ones too that uh, I think a lot of the rules light systems have some cool mechanics that are pretty like applicable to take and pull and put anywhere pretty much check them out see if they fit and just kind of different ways you can expand like your GM repertoire and especially if you're kind of like improvising like uh, we mentioned at the top of the hour if your players said something crazy come up and just gives you different ideas for how to handle it uh, and just kind of playing forward with it. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I always uh, put, suggest that, push that, you know, learn from other systems, uh, bring it in. Is there anything, one thing, mechanic or something that recently you've come across that you you either have already implemented or you definitely are going to? Definitely. Probably the biggest mechanic that I've come across recently, uh, and this is actually not too recently. Uh, this was when I played Blades of Dark. Probably about three months ago I played Blades of the Dark. Uh, but we kind of touched on this with the success with the cost. Uh, but I love the Devil's Bargain piece. Uh, and that's yeah. one like I haven't implemented it yet because of 5e, uh, but it's one I'm really looking to try to find a good way to build it in because I feel like it's fun to have that uh, consequence talk with your player ahead of time. Say, okay, you can do this, but A, B, and C have happened. And I do a little bit of a form of that already with my GM, but I think it was a little bit going further with it uh will be fun and kind of have some different doors open yeah I, I think that almost you know kind of fits pretty well with the whole fail forward conversation today right like so for anyone not familiar devil's bargain is a mechanic in the blades in the dark system and it's essentially a re-roll uh right like you you make an attempt and you fail and it's like well i would like to retry that and so the gm offers what's called a devil's bargain and it's uh tegan essentially you, you know, the GM offers these options, you can re-roll, and it's just a little bit more challenging of a roll, right? It's basic concept. Definitely. So there's a, 
So more challenging of a role, uh, but there's also consequences that will happen. Uh, the nice thing too with the devil's bargain piece, because a lot of times, especially if you've got somebody that has like a hot skill, like they just probably had a bad role, uh, the devil's bargains or consequences take place regardless if you hit the role or if you don't. Uh, so something that their player or their PCs are going to sacrifice, or something's going to happen in the story, or something's going to occur no matter what uh but it gives them another shot at what they wanted to do so and i think that's just kind of fun for keeping the story uh tense uh, as well as moving to yeah absolutely super super cool feature because sometimes the dice just don't roll in our favor and you know i know i've been there as a gm and you see something and and like it's you know going back to that uh failing forward talk as well like don't put content behind a role if you can't go forward and even if it's not necessarily that situation, but the player just bombs a roll, they give a great RP speech, right? And you're just like, you know, you really want to give them bonus points and then they bomb the roll. And, um, you know, I think this is a great way to do that. Uh, how much, how might you implement that uh, in 5e, Teak? And what's uh, on that re-roll, what would you increase the DC a little bit as well, or maybe keep that the same and just have those consequences as you mentioned? Uh, it kind of depends on the roll. Usually I'd probably keep the DC the same. Yeah. Uh, unless it's like a... Now, usually probably the same for the dc but yeah just have those consequences play in uh and then just kind of a nice thing too with the devil's bargain you get the you dm you get to push out what you think the consequences are but it is a conversation in blades and i think that could carry into 5e too uh where the players kind of negotiate what's going on with that and uh and players if you do come across a situation like that with your dm that uses the mechanics like don't try to like get off scot-free like try to engage and find the consequence that'll be interesting uh but move the story forward too yeah absolutely I in those types of situations in blade specifically or otherwise you know when the players come up with their own consequences that's always fun and you know generally they've been very good suggestions um and uh, that's just cool to see because uh you know it's it's another perspective it's not just from the dm and what they have to offer the player gets to offer it there and so that's super cool yeah awesome yeah yeah definitely uh, do that stuff check out other systems things like that so all right. Well, I think uh, we'll wrap it up here. Great conversation all around uh, on some stuff. So um, thank you everyone for hanging out with us today on our first episode of the new year. Uh, we hope you all had great holiday and um, all those celebrations there and are looking forward to another year of great Star Wars 5e and Dungeon Jedi Masters content. So be sure to join the Discord. If you haven't yet, uh, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Check out Tegan's games over on Twitch there. Uh, remind us again uh, what time that is. Definitely. So uh, every Tuesday, we usually have a game, uh, Star Wars Tuesdays. Uh, typically, we start at 6.30, but at the latest, 7 p.m. Eastern time. So come through, hang out, uh, Tegan J Gaming at Twitch, uh, and get to see some fun Star Wars content. Absolutely. Uh, next episode, we will probably do a DM spotlight. So if you're interested in sharing about your adventures behind the screen in Star Wars 5e and otherwise reach out. Um, so that's uh, attentively on the agenda. We'll see you again in two weeks. Again, thank you, everyone. Check us out, DungeonJediMasters.com. We'll see you on the next one. May the Force be with you. May the Force be with you.